Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from wherever or whenever you are listening right now. And welcome to this bonus episode of the Churchosity Podcast. I am your host, the Theological Coordinator. These are the types of episodes that I like to call the postscripts because these are the things that I think about when the record button is off, when things are quiet. So thank you so much for listening. You know, throughout my life, I have been blessed with several great mentors. I call them my pillars. These men took me under their wing in their respective arenas, used their unique gifts to teach and speak to me, and radically affected my life from their vantage points. These guys were amazing examples of life coaching and mentoring because they loved, led me, and served me. As an adult, I have dedicated myself to the duplication of these men throughout my life's journey. It has brought me incredible joy as I have been given the honor of many different ministry and coaching opportunities. I say ministry because as a Christian, I believe we are all called into ministry in every aspect of our lives. We are expected to duplicate our Lord Jesus in that he came to serve, and so we must mirror his work in all that we do. Russell Webster was my grandfather, and arguably the most godly man I have ever known. As a very young boy, I would spend time with him in his shop, watching him build acoustic guitars from scratch, listening to him recite the Bible from memory in the King James Version, and receiving his guiding principles for life. He spoke truth into my life with sayings like, Kid, you want to be the kind of man other men want to be like. Or, if you don't give 100% at something, you're wasting everyone's time, including yours. And then there was my favorite, if you merely try, you've already failed. Just do it and let the feelings about it come later. Professionally, my grandfather worked at the Alcohol Rehabilitation Center with the Salvation Army Corps in downtown Seattle, Washington. This facility was a Christian program for men who were lawbreakers or domestic offenders involving alcoholism, and these men were his ministry. This is why he built his guitars. He taught them how to build and play them as part of their rehabilitation program. He applied the steps from beginning to end in their personal lives, and many of them not only gained victory over their addiction, but also came to know Christ through his ministry. At my grandfather's funeral, there were literally over 2,000 men in attendance whom my grandfather served. I spoke with several of them, and they all testified of how he mentored them, so much that they were duplicating him in their marriages, in their careers, and in their vocations. Grandpa Russell never boasted about his work, nor openly shared his success stories. These men were his trophies, and he won them through his humble acts of mentorship. Two other pillars of mine are football coaches. Bob Cooper, who coached me in my middle school years, and Fred Sato, who I played for in high school. Both of these men taught me discipline, the value of teamwork and commitment, and the pleasure of being a quiet, humble leader. 
These values are of the utmost importance in all aspects of life as a young person and carry over into adulthood. This is exactly the scope through which these men coached me. On top of all of these, they taught me how to play and coach from the vantage point of love. Having played football from the age of six, I had coaches who were mean, angry, abusive, and terrifying. When I was 12 years old, I walked onto Coach Cooper's field for the very first time. And after blowing his whistle to gather the team together on that first day, I heard him say these words that I shall never forget. He said, guys, I love you. You may not know that yet, but I do. And by the end of this season, you're not only going to know that, you will also know that you love each other. Now let's get to work. Circle up. How amazing this was. Even more so were the results of this type of coaching for our team and for me personally. We were undefeated that season until losing in the championship game and I made many lifelong friends who I am still in contact with to this very day. From the vantage point of love and motivation from joy and not anger, I built a confidence in my athletic abilities and role with the team, much of which I endeavor to provide for the players that I coach today. In high school, my life was blessed with Coach Sato. His wisdom and insights about the game of football and how they also applied to life were priceless. One night during defensive practice, he was discouraged by our lack of intensity and gave this speech. He said, Gentlemen, there are going to be times when you line up on that line of scrimmage and you're going to be staring at guys who are bigger, guys who are stronger, and guys who are faster than you are. You're going to have two choices. Stand up to them and give your all even if you aren't successful or cower in the face of adversity. It's okay to be a little afraid of what seems bigger than you, but your success is not based on how you feel about the challenge. No, your success is based on how you act in response to the challenge. That's how life is. You will grow up, go out into the world, meeting challenge after challenge, facing situations that seem bigger and stronger than you. And I promise you, the way you handle challenges on this field is the same way you will handle challenges the rest of your life. So choose now. Are you going to face them or run from them? I still get goosebumps when I think back to Sato's speech that day, as well as Cooper's opening statement when I was 12. These two men poured so much love and discipline into my life that today, as a football coach, I literally mirror and duplicate them on the field. I've coached football for over 19 years now, and every year I give that statement about love to my players on the first night of practice. And every third week of the preseason practices, I give the same speech that Sato gave about facing your challenges. In my personal life, I can hear my coaches cheering me on telling me they love me and want the best life experience that I can achieve. The same is true in how I view my players. I love them and want so much more for their lives than what they see right in front of them. Craig Finley was my youth pastor, my mentor, and still is what I would consider a good friend. I met him when I was 13 and naturally latched onto this guy. He was funny 
He was smart. He was motivating. And most of all, he loved Jesus. I wanted to be like this man. Craig and I began meeting one-on-one while going through a Life in Christ discipleship book. And during our times together, I would accompany him on many service projects, painting people's homes, building dog houses, laying carpet, helping people move, and babysitting children were just some of the things we did in service together. Pastor Craig was fun, but he was also very intense. He would get frustrated with me when I would make unwise choices, and he would say things to me like, you are so much better than this. It was always a terrible feeling when I knew I let him down, because like my football coaches, I wanted to win for Pastor Craig. He taught me how to love others. He taught me how to serve my wife. He taught me how to dissect scripture and showed me that the best results in the Christian life come from giving all of me to Jesus. But most of all, he demonstrated how to do all of these things with humility and with zeal. Never quit, always surrender was the motto and he lived it daily. I'm still in contact with Craig and he is very much an active influence on my life. Our paths continue to cross and seeing him never gets old or redundant. Mostly indirectly, but always a key factor in my life choices, he is still the guy that I want to make proud. I love this man. Not because of how great he is, and believe me, he is great, but because just like Christ, he loved me first. Craig's impact on my life gave me great inspiration for going into the ministry. In my adult years, I've been given many great opportunities for ministry. A youth pastor for over four years, a marriage pastor, a director of men's ministry, director of college ministry, director of children's ministry, countless preaching opportunities and teaching opportunities. I also include my nearly 25 years of coaching football, basketball, and baseball for youth as ministry. One may not normally consider coaching as a ministry, but I most certainly do. Simply put, ministry is coaching, and coaching is discipleship. Drawing from my past experiences and relationships with my pillars, I clearly see examples of how Jesus mentored, trained, and coached the people around him. Like Christ with his disciples, these men poured their lives into mine saturating me with love and discipline as their commitments to the betterment of Heath Brady. As a natural result, I duplicate that in the lives of the boys and girls, young men and women who I coach in sports, the adults who I counsel or teach, and first and foremost with my wife and children. As I learned from my mentors, the greatest act of love is to give away what you have been freely given. Oh, how different an impact on the world there would be if everyone, if every Christian poured their lives into another person's life in humble service to them. How selflessly everyone would behave. There aren't many people known for their sacrificial discipleship, but I have had the honor of knowing some personally, and I want to be remembered as one of them too. And that is all I have to say about that.
Thank you for listening to the Churchosity podcast, The Postscripts. Be sure to follow the show on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Churchosity Pod. Until next time, this is The Theological Coordinator saying, peace.